unscripted, unbound, unconditional. Welcome to The Well Unfiltered. I'm Mindy. I'm Nicole. And we are the hosts of The Well Unfiltered podcast. Where each episode you'll hear unscripted faith stories that will make you think. Unbound life lessons that will crack you up. I'm talking adjust your waistband laughter. But most of all, unconditional grace and love that will help you connect to God and to other women. Welcome to The Well Unfiltered. Well, welcome to this episode of The Well Unfiltered. I'm your host, Nicole, and... And I'm Mindy. And we are excited to continue our season uh, series on relationships. And before we dive in, we want to remind you that we want a relationship with you. So we want you to connect with us across all of the social media platforms. We're on Instagram, Facebook even TikTok. Mm -hmm. If you go there, you will be impressed by our dancing skills, our amazing um, reading of pop culture. Actually, no, we haven't posted None of anything. that content. But if you there, actually subscribe, be. we would be motivated mm -hmm. to share some of those things with you. Um, but speaking of sharing, uh, our conversation today is about a different kind of relationship. And when we we're thinking about this series, we recognize that it's one that no one really talks about but it can cause a lot of pain or frustration or misunderstanding, and they are seasonal relationships. So to kind of frame this, uh, you wanted to share, Mindy, a scripture that you thought really got to the heart of this conversation. Mm -hmm. I wanted to start us off with a reading from Ecclesiastes. <laughs> Now, if that doesn't make the people subscribe, I don't, I don't know I what will. I really don't know what will. This is some good old testament. Yes, let's do it. Today. Okay, this might be a familiar scripture. It is beautiful. It's about seasons. So I want to read it to you. Don't like close your eyes or anything because you're probably driving. That would be dangerous. But just allow yourself to hear these words. So it says, there is a season for everything and a time for every matter under the heavens, a time for giving birth and a time for dying a time for planting, a time for uprooting what was planted, a time for killing and a time for healing, a time for tearing down and a time for building up, a time for crying and a time for laughing, a time for mourning and a time for dancing, a time for throwing stones and a time for gathering stones, a time for embracing and a time for avoiding embraces. That was COVID. Mm -hmm. Just avoid embraces. <laughs> a time for searching and a time for losing. A time for keeping and a time for throwing away. A time for tearing and a time for repairing. A time for keeping silent and a time for speaking. A time for loving and a time for hating. A time for war and a time for peace. Mm. So that scripture just reminds us that everything in our lives is seasonal which is hard for us to remember, I think, about our lives in general, right? We get Absolutely. really caught up in the thing that mm -hmm. is the thing. But I think we have the hardest time applying that scripture to our relationships. Yeah. And the, I think one of the reasons why is because we are creatures who crave predictability. Mm -hmm. And if our relationships can change like the weather... Uh, then what do we have to ground maybe our sense of security or identity in? Mm -hmm. And it challenges that when we remember that people can be like other variables in our life. Why else do you think uh, we have trouble with this reality? 
Yeah, I think because we kind of have this uh, model in our head that like our people are going to be our people forever, yeah. for all eternity. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I jest about that a little bit, but you think about what it takes to build a relationship. I mean, there's vulnerability, there's sharing, it's work. Right. And so the thought, I think for me at least, the thought that, wait, that could end or that could shift, mm-hmm. I really don't like that. Like that right. makes me uncomfortable because yeah. why would I do all that work just to have it fall apart? Yeah. So there's an investment yeah. piece of it then. Mm-hmm. I, I think, too, that there's this idea that extended relationships are more valuable inherently. Oh, there definitely is that idea. And so yes. if a relationship hasn't been, you know, 10, 20 years plus, then it pales in comparison to the relationship that's new. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that also, I think, makes us really uncomfortable with this idea that some relationships may be seasonal mm-hmm. in our lives. Yeah, I remember I was at a gathering once and I was sitting with some couples that are like my parents' age and they were talking about how they've all been friends since their kids, who are my age, mm-hmm. were you know babies. Okay. And they had all these stories and all this shared life and on the way home I was telling Zach, I was like, I want that, I want those people. <laughs> and we just talked about how that is a beautiful thing and it seems like it's pretty rare Mm. like there aren't that many people that have those long sort of history relationships right because i think what's underneath that is this often to maintain those long history relationships you maintain a certain place like physically yes and so we live in a world now where we may or may not go to college in state. Our parents may or may not stay in the same house our entire, you know, youth or teenage years. And the ability to have that kind of permanency, I think, has shifted. Mm-hmm. And then we, I think, can sometimes devalue the seasonal relationship because that's the model that we deem as good. Yeah, it's the ideal. I mean, as you're talking about that, I'm having like this angst because we're getting ready to move, Mm. not far away, 15 minutes, but I think in my head, it was like, well, this is the house that like Mm. our kids will come home from college to. Oh, it's all the feelings. Mm -hmm. And that's not gonna happen. And I think I've been questioning like, why is sort of stability the ideal, like mm-hmm. why is that the thing that feels like the best when maybe there's something that's also good. Yeah. And I think the same can be true for our relationships. Like mm-hmm. it can be good to cultivate those new relationships or even though it's hard, I think name when a relationship has reached its expiration point mm-hmm. and to have like a healthy ending to that. Yeah, I, I don't know of a lot of relationships that have had those kind of healthy endings. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we were talking about this, the thing that (laughs) I thought about a lot is ghosting. Mm. I mean, have you ever been ghosted? Sorry, that's a touchy subject. No, but I think I have, I could be convicted of ghosting. Mm. Oh, Um, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I am one, I'm a geriatric millennial. So I'm like trying to keep up with you, but I'm like so many texts. What? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm horrible with that. 
And I am a still more of a face talker. Mm. And so if proximity isn't maintained, it is easier for me to lose touch with people. Um, have you ever felt ghosted? Oh, yes. Mm. And it is like, I'm always like, what did I do? What happened? Yeah. And it's pretty painful. Oh, yeah. And I was ghosted by someone a, a few years ago, and then I saw them, and it was like, how do I act around you mm. now? And, like, they were pleasant, and I was pleasant, but I wanted to be like, why did you stop texting me? Like, you just Wait, was that me? me. Did I text you back? Yeah, <laughs> it was. It, actually, it was. <laughs> but I think it it like adds to that instability, though, mm -hmm. because can we just be ghosted at any time? Yeah. Well, you know, I guess there. When we were thinking about this, there was one relationship in particular that came to mind because. I, my mother jokes that wherever I go, I like start a sorority. I just, I love, there's, there, to me, there's a freedom I find in friendships with women. Not that, I, I mean, thanks, David, glad you're here. Um, <laughs> but I, I have, um, I, I do feel this empowering kind of strength in being around other women. And, um, I went to all girls school and then all girls high school and then a women's college. And one of my, I had the same, there's this organization called Jack and Jill. And um, my mom put us in it when we were young. I met friends that are still my friends now that were my bridesmaids. And one of those friends I met, we spent every waking moment together outside of school. We didn't even go to the same school. She would, my dad had a like, okay, I don't understand Americans where you give them your children cars. Like they get to drive them around when they're 16. What, what is this rule? I don't, you're not getting one. He's, was, he's probably right. <laughs> like, honestly, there's a lot of wisdom. I got my, I, I was prepared. I went uh -huh. through driver's ed and he was like, he that said, no, saves that for college. And yeah. it was devastating. So I relied on all of my friends who had much cooler parents and who understood American culture that you should be able to drive a car when you're a baby. <laughs> and <laughs> my friend would come and pick me up from school. We would do our homework together. We would spend the night over each other's houses all the time. And uh, I've shared this on the Well Unfiltered before. When I went to college, we went to two different colleges, two different women's colleges. Um, she was a year ahead of me. And my sister died my sophomore year. And this was like my, my mom would call it your bosom buddy. Um, this was like my best, mm -hmm. best friend. I never heard from her. Like not a call. I don't even know if texting was as big of a thing then. Mm -hmm. um, this was 2005. Like I, I heard nothing. And then I saw her at a party during like fall break and like there were people that weren't even really my friends but had reached out to me and it was so odd to me that this person I spent so much time with said absolutely nothing and I remember seeing her at a party and she's like oh hey and I like we talked about forgiveness oh I I just was like I'm sorry are you talking to me 
Like I, it was it was straight. Um, I don't know, Mean Girls in Detroit, the off Broadway version. <laughs> I, I just, would I would see it. <laughs> I was so, but I don't like to admit that someone can hurt me. So I'm like, mm-hmm. uh huh, so good to see you. And that passive aggressiveness is there um, because I was deeply hurt by the fact that I thought this was my forever friend. And it was very clear to me that this must have been a seasonal relationship. And it wasn't until later, uh, she I, after she had her first child, um, that she was really like, I want you to know, it's not that I didn't want to say anything. I didn't know what to say. And because I didn't know what to say, I didn't say anything. And then time had passed, and it felt that much more difficult to say something. Um, But I recognized that even though we had shared all of this time together, uh, that we had different impressions of how we needed to show up for one another. And the gift of that, when I look back at high school, we had so much fun. Oh my gosh. The, the number of times, we were pulled over twice. She is great at crying on cue. I learned that from her. Like, there <laughs> Valuable some, life lesson. Oh my gosh. Um, because again, this all goes back to the fact that you should not be driving at 16. Um, but there were, I think one of the things in seasonal relationships that helps us navigate them is remembering that people, people's time is a gift. And that you can accept and appreciate that time in that season. And that could be enough. Mm-hmm. And also that underneath this is a fear that God is not going to connect you with other people and other relationships. And what I've learned is that that is a lie from the pit of hell. Mm. <laughs> and God is constantly bringing people. I saw this um, one post on Instagram, see, I'm still cool, mm-hmm. um, that said, you haven't met all the people that will love you. And that's hard to remember when you feel lonely or isolated or a relationship you thought was going to last forever hasn't. Mm-hmm. But it's true. And the people, I think one of the dangers in seasonal relationships is that there were other people around me being amazingly supportive. And if I, the temptation was to focus on what she was not offering as my friend, as opposed to all of the people that God has sent to support me uh, during that time in my life. So that's what I experienced with a, a seasonal relationship. I wonder if you've, you've had that um, experience, or maybe it was you having to uh, you know, shift a relationship to a seasonal space. What's mm-hmm. been your experience with that? Yeah. Um... Before I share that, I just want to point out two words that stood out to me from mm-hmm. what you just said, because I think they're really helpful as mm-hmm. we talk about this. So the words that I wrote down are presence and loneliness. Mm-hmm. So I think part of our spiritual work is to practice being present. Fun fact, we're really bad at this as a people. <laughs> like, not just you and me. As yeah. a people, we are bad at being present because we have our phones, we're right. distracted, it's all the things. But I think we get caught, we get, um, it's hard for us to let relationships be seasonal when we can't just be present mm-hmm. with people and enjoy that moment. So I don't want to lose that from that story you told. And then yeah. loneliness I think the biggest thing I've learned about loneliness as an adult is that my loneliness cannot be cured by someone else. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's so hard. I really wish it could, mm-hmm. but it just can't. It is self-work. It's spiritual work. It's being tethered to God. Um, and I think, too, when we know that, we can let our relationships be what they're going to be. Right. And if we recognize that there is one relationship that is not seasonal, and right. that is our relationship with God, mm-hmm. uh, and if you know that identity and that promise is sitting at the base of every relationship that we form, I think it gives us the gumption to take that risk um, that this may not be the relationship that lasts until we're 80, but what, what blessing could I experience right now or what blessing could I offer uh, in being fully present with you? Because I know I've got this relationship and I've, I have forgotten that sometimes. And I think it's easy to forget, especially as you talk about us being on our phones. We, we've talked about performative forgiveness. We also like to perform relationships. Uh, yes. Oh my goodness. And yes. to feel like yes. we can't perform that. Uh, sometimes we will hold on those to those relationships long after their expiration date just for the photo op mm-hmm. that we're still mm-hmm. friends. Um, but you're but you're not. <laughs> and they're and I guess I wonder, Mindy, for you, how do you determine whether a relationship has hit its expiration date. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I experienced that a lot when we moved to California from Mm -hmm. here in Indy. Um, So we moved and, you know, we just gotten married and you're going to a totally different context, like Mm -hmm. a different culture, all of that. And we certainly changed. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was so much. Everything kind of... I think got tested and reformed and and just, yeah, we weren't the same people that moved Mm -hmm. from Indiana to California. And I think for me, it was seeing who could walk with me through becoming basically a very different person Mm -hmm. and who that person wasn't a good fit to be in relationship for. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think when I when I can tell a relationship is nearing an expiration point, it's when it feels like it's more work than life. Mm-hmm. And and that's not to say like sometimes you're gonna have hard seasons and right. re- like relationships with anyone, not just romantic relationships, are work. So right. I'm not saying when it's work, you should just peace out and be like, well, this was seasonal, <laughs> see you later. Or like when your friend is grieving or having right. a tragic, like, right. no, that is hard and you probably should buckle up and go through mm-hmm. it with them. But I'm saying when it's a chronic, like, life-depleting situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to notice that with a few of my relationships here as we were living out there. Like, oh, our value systems are different. And not just like, you know, we talked with Jennifer Thompson earlier this season about difference. Not like, not like oh, we have different political beliefs or something. But, like, we're our core is no longer the same Mm -hmm. and there's a a deep disconnect so Mm -hmm. I can bless you and love you but probably I'm not going to share my daily life with you because I don't need to try to work that hard to explain who I am right right. and and I think it's when you feel known or like you have to do that explaining Mm -hmm. that that tends to be my like ooh, pay attention to this because something has shifted Mm -hmm. here yeah and I I think that's really helpful to think about that expiration date I I think there's like a a clause within relationships that will not be seasonal. 
And one of those clauses, I'm, I'm thinking of my, one of my very best friends. Um, she lives, also lives in California. We met in college and we, at this point, probably talk once a month. Mm -hmm. But when we talk, it's usually between one and three hours. And what has helped us sustain this relationship over different time zones, like sometimes we would try to either talk late at night or early in the morning. Those West Coast <laughs> friendships, they take it's a commitment. lot of effort. Yes. Um, is the fact that she has adjusted and I have adjusted my expectations of what our relationship looks like as we grow. So this is so good. And I want to interject because my dear friend who mm -hmm. lives on the West Coast, <laughs> um, she, when I moved, I said, Megan, let's do like a weekly, it was Skype back then, let's do a weekly Skype mm -hmm. because, you know, we aren't going to be able to just like go to Target together anymore. We're right. not. And she just looked at me, she's like, hmm, okay, we can try that. Because <laughs> she knew. She's like, you, but I was working so hard. So, so maybe that's another thing about seasonal relationships, though. It's mm -hmm. not just that they end. They can shift. Absolutely. And that was with this relationship with my dear friend is I had to be okay that it was going to shift. Like, mm -hmm. I could not physically show up in Pasadena and go right. to Target anymore. Right. That was not possible. Mm -hmm. But that didn't mean that that had to be less meaningful and special and true. Mm -hmm. I just had to be open to it looking different. Yeah. And I think maybe then one of the questions that people can ask as they're trying to figure out, is this relationship a, a relationship that's changed mm -hmm. and still viable or is this seasonal? And I think one of the tests for me is um, whether you will answer their FaceTime call in the middle of the night. <laughs> And or at all. Or at all. Let's be, if you um, FaceTime me, I'm going to be like, ooh, that's do we need I, to? That's how I know Sasha's still my friend. Because I was like, I'm in bed. Like, and, I'm, and she can see that. Yes. Um, but I think also one of the things that still shocks me, I'm thinking of my friends Sasha, Andrea, Becky, and Brooke, my best friends from college. I don't see them physically very often mm -hmm. anymore. But when I talk to them, I tell them things that I don't tell people that yep. I see every day. Yep. <laughs> and so I think that that's a, a litmus test to pay attention to. Are there boundaries to what you share? Or are there st is there a freedom mm -hmm. in sharing that? And if you have those relationships, my advice would be hold on to those um, and maybe give yourself the, the bandwidth to redefine what they might look like over time because I think there's a lot of guilt on my end for many years I was the only person that had children thank you Rebecca for procreating the last two years um, <laughs> and I always felt like I was falling short as my friends were able to just either hang out or you know be in the group text all night no I'm nursing and I actually I have no yeah. yeah and so I think over time we have adjusted to letting our relationships shift and change and grow, um, but then also appreciating when we can be in those spaces with each other, being fully present, as you talked about before. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know that our time is starting to wind down here, so I'm curious for you, you know, what is filling your well mm. when it comes to 
these kind of seasonal relationships. Is there a seasonal relationship that's filling your well right now even? Yes. Um, so I have, um, I'm, I'm, the jury's still out maybe on what the season of this relationship will look like. Um, but there is a woman in my neighborhood who I met because our door dasher does not believe in my address. Like, just doesn't believe in it. And every single time it delivers, <laughs> yes. And so um, I noticed that she's always, I think she might be a stay-at-home mom because when I have seen her and I've been working remotely, she's pushing a stroller. And we've had very brief conversations, um, but she kind of set the tone when the first thing she did was share Oh, I've gained so much weight um, in COVID, and I've got to stop drinking martinis during the day. And I thought, you are my kind of lady. <laughs> like, let's well, and you know more. she's a woman of integrity yes. because she returned your DoorDash. Absolutely. So, <laughs> and I mean, she's gotten my Chipotle, my Walmart pillows, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And I, I immediately kind of respond to people that are unfiltered because I am not a very filtered mm-hmm. person. And so every time I see her. It's like this place where we can very briefly talk about the things we're failing at. And so yesterday when I went to get my pillows, I looked over at Isabella and her shoes were untied. Her shirt was dirty. And I was like, I am clearly winning mother of the year. She's like, oh, my son went to school with no underwear on. And so it was like (laughs) immediately we are bonded. And I'm, I'm looking forward to how these brief kind of vulnerable exchanges, um, could grow to something more, but immediately I was thinking, this is just a different kind of mom. I want that kind of mom and neighbor mm-hmm. looking at my children and someone that I can be honest and vulnerable with. So that is just mom openness, uh, neighbor integrity with DoorDash packages is filling my well. What about yes. you? I think what's filling my well right now is connecting with people who I say are like, ministry people who get it Mm. so last night I got to catch up with some friends who I actually met with on zoom every single month during the pandemic we were a part of this cohort Mm. Um, one is local here one's out in California and seeing them in person it was just like let's dive into the deep end of the pool Mm. I mean and, and I feel like when I'm in those moments I think this is just so it's genuine it's real, it's good, and like mm-hmm. these people know me and care about me, and these are not gonna be the people that I see every day. Right. Like it's not that kind of friendship. Mm-hmm. But what it is is so precious. And I just, I walked away from that, you know, that time together yesterday and just thought, this is good. And it doesn't fit maybe like the framework of what a like, I don't know, close relationship would look like, which to me is we go wander around Target and just do <laughs> the normal things. But but there's goodness and a uniqueness to it. So I think that's what's filling my wall right now is having those kinds mm-hmm. of relationships and treasuring them instead of thinking, ooh, I wish it was X, Y, and Z. Yes, yes. Well, I wonder for all of our listeners out there, what is filling your well? What relationship... Um, that may be seasonal or may you've been on a journey for a lifetime together is bringing you joy. We want to hear about it, share it with us. Um, And if you have um, any 
neighbors that are in need of kind of DoorDash directions, um, I know Juanita, and she could help you out with that. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye.